Kenneth Keith Rackley was murdered on July 25th, 2010. And this is his grandmother's story. Mourning the Murdered is a podcast I created because in 1999, a friend of mine was murdered. My name is Kelly, and I am your host. I saw the effects that murder have on family members, and I wanted to give a voice to the loved ones of murdered victims. Every week, I interview the family member of a murder victim. So please be sure to tune in every Thursday to hear their stories on Morning the Murdered podcast. Roxbury is a city in Boston, Massachusetts in the U.S. Roxbury was one of the first towns founded in the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1630. One of the largest YMCA's in the country is located here, a non-profit organization committed to developing youth and encouraging healthy living. The neighborhood today has formed community gardens and developed an urban farm which provides the framework for having community resources made available to locals, allowing for fresh produce to be sold. As well, it is donated to those in need. This city is all about helping those in the community, ensuring that all of their citizens are being taken care of. There are many facilities available for those that seek help. This community-minded city is one where people play outside and participate in tournaments for basketball and swimming. They help each other. There is never a shortage of people ready to hop into a game at the local courts. And that is where you would often find 19-year-old Kenny. There are plenty of things to do in Roxbury apart from the ever-popular sports that Kenny loved. The Roxbury Center for the Arts a place of culture and trade, has performances in the visual and performance arts. There is a film festival that showcases people's talents, both on and off screen. To date, more than 600 films have been screened at this festival and is New England's largest festival that showcases and honors talent. Not only do films get screened, but there are workshops to encourage these great minds to collaborate on projects as well as learn from each other. There is also a lovely Mother's Day parade that has been in existence for over 20 years and is called the annual Mother's Day Walk for Peace. Mainstays Theatre has public speakers that will visit the theatre and have open to the public speeches. They provide workshops for youngsters in the community as well. And then there is Washington Park. Good morning. Hi, Faye. It's Kelly calling from Morning the Murdered podcast. Yes, good morning. Kenny was one of those people that had it all. He was an attractive young man. He had natural artistic and athletic ability, intelligence, good looks and charm. Charisma and kindness, compassion, strong familial connections. He was responsible, warm, and friendly. Kenny was a good student and enjoyed learning so much that he asked to write an entrance test to have the privilege of attending the Boston Academy School. This high school gears students up to be ready for college 
offering classes that are college prep courses. Kenny's favorite classes were math and spelling, an interesting combination showing his intelligence. Not only was he able to compute numbers with ease, but he was also great in the language arts. This isn't always the case with students who favor either math and science or language arts. Kenny was exceptional. From the first time Faye, his grandmother, saw him, she could see he was going to be a happy person. With his winning smile, he certainly wiggled his way into her heart instantly. Faye explains how close her family is. They just love being together and spending so much time with each other. Faye and Kenny had a special relationship and their bond was deep and real. Kenny would do anything for anybody, not only friends, but his family as well. When his grandmother needed him, he would always step right up and be there for her. Kenny was a charmer. His easygoing and happy-go-lucky personality, along with his million-dollar smile, would win anybody over. His teachers absolutely adored him. They knew that Kenny would be going somewhere, never causing them any trouble. He was beyond a pleasure to teach. He was a treasure within the classroom. They knew who to turn to when they wanted something done. Together, his friends and he would play basketball at the park, Washington Park, encouraging each other to get that next basket or to block the other team, never dwelling on winning or losing because they always knew there was another game just waiting for them to play. Kenny's girlfriend was four months pregnant when this horrible tragedy struck their family. His daughter was born, never meeting her father, missing out on his love and wisdom, the dedication he would have surely shown her throughout her life, guiding her, encouraging her, loving her, showing to his daughter what he learned growing up from his family, that family is important, that family come first. The family he so adored and would do anything for, he would have included his daughter. And she would have been the center of his universe. And she would have grown up knowing that. Tell me about your relationship with Kenny and what was he like as a child? Well, Kenny is my second grandson from my daughter. I have one daughter, she's mom, Kimberly. Kenny was, I was there when Kenny was born. Kenny was like a little curly-headed young man, just smiling away. And to the day, you know, he always had that smile on him. And uh, he was very close and loving with his mom. And he has um, two brothers, Eddie and DeAndre, and they were all very, very close. Um, Kenny loved being with family, loved his friends. There's nothing that he wouldn't do for anybody. He's just a sweet, loving young man. And another thing I didn't say, uh, he was very healthy. He loved, he didn't like eating pork. He only liked fish, uh, and a lot of vegetables. He was one of those health people. Oh, Kenny loved sports. Um, he loved playing basketball. He loved football and he loved playing games and 
You know, and he loved drawing. That was another thing. He did love to draw. Well, I just saw him drawing pictures like of um, family members, something like that, you know, of family members that I would see. I mean, not perfect, perfect drawing, but you know what I mean? You would know that he had that love. It was all in fun. You know, I would do little fun pictures. What was he like as a student? All right. Kenny went to the Boston Academy School. He loved math and he loved spelling and he was very interactive with his teachers to this day that he's passed. I'm still in touch with one of his teacher about his kind hearted and, you know, just always wanting to help out or do something for the teacher or help out any of his classmates. Isn't it remarkable that a teacher is still in touch with Faye? It is apparent how Kenny really touched this teacher. It quite clearly shows his character. Wanting to continue to reach out to a student's family is so incredible and quite simply not something that happens that often. This happened because of a strong impression that Kenny made. Kenny was such a lovely person that his teacher wanted to stay in touch with his family to continue to show them love and share in their sadness. After passing the challenging exam to attend this school, he certainly didn't let anyone down while attending. Not only with his character, his academic record proved how committed he was to achieving success. He shone in a school that was filled with like-minded and hard-working students. Now that is amazing. Playing basketball with friends in the neighborhood is how he let off steam and relaxed. Enjoying his friends, the time they would spend together, showed his commitment and helped to encourage deep friendships and make them into lasting ones. Everyone always knowing he was at the ready whenever he was needed for support or just to bond. Did Kenny have a lot of friends? Was he a popular young man? Oh, yes, he was. The girls loved him. <laughs> <laughs> A yes, handsome the girls guy. loved him, and he had a lot of guy friends, but he's very close. You know, my family is very, very loving and caring, so he spent a lot of time with his Uncle Corey and his Aunt Christine at their house and all his cousins and all of that. He was just family-oriented. As I say, we're very close-knitted, and our favorite word before we leave each other or hang up is, I love you. Also, uh, Kenny's girlfriend was pregnant uh, with his daughter. I didn't know that till after he passed. And her name is Callie. And she's 10 years old, and she is a spitting image of him. Oh, my. Now, did he know that she was pregnant? Oh, yes, he knew. I guess he didn't want to tell me because you know how grandmothers are. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be having kids at this young age, mm -hmm. you know. You've kept a relationship with the woman who had your great-grandchild, his uh, Kenny's girlfriend? Yes, yes, we're very close. And uh, Kenny's brother, DeAndre, just stepped right in, and uh, he's there for her, taking her to basketball games, football games. The other brother, Eddie, takes her to all the birthday parties that the cousin and them all have. So the two brothers just stepped up. 
but she's such a sweet, loving little girl. And you wouldn't believe it. She plays basketball, and uh, she's in like a little tournament traveling around doing basketball. This beautiful farewell of I love you is something that Faye would like to see more people do. It adds a layer of depth into relationships, ensuring that those you love know it. Saying it allows you to show your love and those hearing it brings joy to their hearts. Not to mention keeps reiterating the message that you surely want to share how you feel about them. Kenny's daughter has many of her father's traits. She's a natural on the basketball court playing in tournaments, traveling around playing other teams. Faye didn't know that this great-granddaughter of hers was on the way until after Kenny died. Perhaps Kenny hadn't mustered up the courage to tell his grandmother that he had fathered a child at a young age. However, nothing could make Faye happier than knowing this beautiful young girl. She brings such happiness into Faye's life, watching her grow, seeing what an incredibly sweet child she is, and appreciating the terrific job that her mother is doing raising her. Now, is there a particular memory you'd like to share about your grandson? Okay, a memory is that my mom had become sick uh, for about five months, and then I went to stay with my mom for the five months to help care for her. And within that five months, Kenny was there every other day seeing what he could do to help me with my mom. That was his great-grandmother. All right, then my mom come very sick that she could no longer live at the house. So in return, we had to clean out the place. So Kenny was the one to clean out the place. So the last day that he cleaned it out, I had been there five months. I came home that Friday. I saw Kenny that Saturday, and he told me he had finished cleaning out my mom's place, him and his brothers and my son, and then Kenny was murdered that Sunday. So I had only been home two days before he got murdered. Oh, my. That is that is just so devastating. So it has been really, really hard. But, you know, with I'm highly believing God. And also I met a beautiful group called Legacy Live On that I am in. And in Kenny's memory, I make sure every month that I remember someone's child that passed away on their birthday. So that helps me out a lot. This shows again to the kind and loving young man Kenny was. Speaking before about how he would always be there for his loving grandmother, this is a shining example of how. A teenaged Kenny going over every other day to check in on Faye and his great-grandmother, seeing if they needed anything, hanging out and keeping them company. And then, when his great-grandmother had to be moved from her home, spending days helping his family to clear out the home. That is a daunting task for any loved one to undertake. People can often find excuses why they aren't available to help, choosing to be elsewhere, wanting to be. Kenny, however, just rolled up his sleeves and jumped right in without a moment's hesitation. He knew he was needed, and so he was there as always, ready to lend a helping hand. His friends and his favorite pastime basketball were the furthest things from his mind. 
His priorities were set deep inside of him. And four generations of Rackleys together under one roof helping each other. An incredible sight to behold. This is the story of Kenneth Keith Rackley's murder. So tell us about the tragic day that you found out that your grandson had been murdered. Well, this was July 25th. Uh, It was a Sunday. So I had talked with Kenny that Sunday morning, and uh, he had wanted me to make him some fried chicken and Spanish rice. So the other brother came down and got it and brought it back up to the house. And um, I was due to see Kenny later on that evening. And um, I got a phone call from his brother saying that Kenny had been shot. And you wouldn't believe it. It's the same park that he played basketball at that he was um, taken from us. It was like a basketball tournament going on at Washington Park. And Kenny and some friends went and my nieces and nephews and all were all up there at the park because it was like a big thing. You know, you have the tournament swimming and basketball. So as I gather, Kenny and his friends had um, been sitting around watching the game. And then all of a sudden they heard shots ringing out. So everybody took off running. And so his friends thought Kenny was behind him when they were running. They said bullets were just flying, you know. And then they realized that Kenny had got hit in the back. Oh, my goodness. So I got the call to go to the hospital. It was almost like, uh, you know, I couldn't believe it. I just said no. I just At first I said, oh, he'll be okay because I didn't know he was shot in the back. I just knew he had been shot. So when I got there to the hospital, um, all my family members, his brother and everybody was just, you know, it was just horrific. You know, his brother was saying, I don't want to wear a shirt with my brother's picture on it. And so I went up to the nurse to ask her what had happened. And then um, detective pulled me aside and he said, Miss um, Faye Kenny has passed away. He said, but your family's very upset. So could you just pull up your boots and tell them that you're not sure it's Kenny so we can get them under control? So I just pull up my boots, and I knew he had passed, and I just said to them that we're not sure it's him. We have to wait and see. And then when the reality came that I had to tell them, his mom did not come to the hospital. My daughter, Kim, she stayed home. So uh, it was to go down to the morgue to view the body, and that is the hardest thing anyone would ever have to do. You know, so me and my sons and uh, his brother, Eddie, wanted to go down. We rode the elevator down into the morgue. And then I said, Eddie, you know what? I do not want you to see your brother like this for the last time. So we went in and reviewed the body and everything. And it was like I was, you know, you're in another stage. You don't believe it. You're shocked. You're dismissed, dismayed. And, you know, I kissed him on his forehead and he just looked like he was sleeping. Even when we put him away in the casket, his skin, his color, his face, everything just looked the same. It was that it just wasn't real. And I just felt it wasn't fair. Nobody deserved to take a life because they didn't give a life. And uh, I don't know who it was that took my Kenny's life, but I just pray each day, you know, 
that um, my family, one day at a time, there were moments when um, I feel like I don't know if I thought I didn't think I could go on. I didn't think I would live a year. It was so hard. It was just so many things I needed to do, you know, helping my daughter out. She was really going through it and his two brothers. But with God's help, you know, we've made it through. There are still moments that, you know, it's really hard, but it does never goes away. It never goes away. It's always there. It's those little things. There was one incident. I was in this grocery store. And I saw some plums that Kenny liked, and I just broke down, started crying. It was a sunny day. I had my shades on, so I walked to the front of the store. I didn't want anybody to see me. The minute I got at the front of the store, on the intercom, uh, they said, Kenny, could you come to the front of the store? And I just, like, tears, like, stopped. And I looked up, and here was a young man walking to the front of the store, and I said, thank you, God, there's still another Kenny that's walking this earth. It was. It was It was God. I, I truly believe in God, you know, to show me, you know, that there is another Kenneth walking this earth, you know. It's tough for the family because we miss him. That was the first death we'd had in the family with children, you know. My mom and dad both passed away. and I make it a thing to every holiday to go to the grave, to put flowers on the grave, you know, for Kenny, to let him know that, you know, we're still thinking of him and he'll never be forgotten, you know. And when you went to view the body, I mean, I can't express how much sorrow I feel for you having to had, had to live through going to see your grandson. That, that must have been just the most traumatic moment that you've experienced. Oh, it was. But you know what? I'm glad I did go because if I didn't go, I never want to be able to say woulda, coulda, shoulda. So you would recommend people that feel that pull to go view the body to go ahead and do it? I would say that. Well, you know, I I guess I can't say I would recommend anyone because some People may not be able to do that, but my family, my two sons and his uncle and I, that was something that we felt those were the last moments. And then, you know, you're in denial when you think your loved one is gone. You're in denial that it's not true. But if you go there and you see him there, then you know for a fact that it is true, even though you're still in denial. Kenny was lying in the morgue and had to be identified. His grandmother, such a strong woman, was able to do just that. The strength that takes must be insurmountable. Nothing would prepare you for that moment. And Kenny, being her grandson, would surely have added a dimension of deep sorrow. Your child's precious child killed. Not only mourning for your loss, but for your child's loss as well. Having to hold up the family. Faye's strength shines through during this interview. Her courage to tell Kenny's story, wanting to honor her grandson's memory, is a beautiful thing. All the friends that were with Kenny that day, did they have any 
idea why this would have happened? No, it wasn't. It was just, um, I guess, I won't say, well, it might have been a random thing. I mean, everybody's up at the park. You got 100 to 200 people there for a basketball tournament, swimming tournament. You got trucks out there selling food and people selling clothes. And it's like a little gathering that they do at the Washington Park. And for some reason, this person started to be after someone and Kenny got hit by a stray bullet. Not only Kenny, there were a couple other people that was like wounded, you know, hit slightly. Really? Oh, my goodness. So this person really opened fire and shot several people. Right, right. Oh. Open fire, yes. Oh, so it's possible that this was not an attack on any particular person, that they were just... Right, exactly, exactly. There were many people shot in the attack that took place that day in the park. The assault on Kenny and all of those other innocent people who were simply there, enjoying the day, the sports and vendors and food, friends and family and loved ones, the local park, hosting a community activity that was looked forward to, hundreds of people gathering together on a summer's day. What could be more innocent and less worrisome? No one would be worrying that an attack was about to take place and then horror, and Kenny was the only casualty. So now, tell me a little bit about what you were talking about at the beginning, how you celebrate someone's um, anniversary of their, of their birth or of their, of their death uh, um, every month. How, what do you do for that? Okay, I'm a part of Legacy Live On um, and Homicide Children. That is a group that has... Um, Mothers and fathers and cousins that has lost their loved one. When you come to the group, we're there to support, to heal, and be there for you. So in memory of Kenny, each one of the loved ones that passed did have a birthday and did have a passing day. So in honor of Kenny, there may be someone's son's birthday. No one remembered or didn't say anything to the mom. I go to Facebook and I attach a picture, and I also attach some flowers, and say, uh, rest in peace to your loved one, and God bless the young man's mom. I have a list of over about six or 700 families that have lost their loved one, and I also say that not one stands alone, and that may their legacy lives on. To let them know when they woke up that morning that their child was remembered and was never forgotten. Well, that is beautiful. I, I I've been love doing it. that for 10 years now. 10 years. Kenny's grandmother, Faye, is a wonderful person. She is out there remembering those that are murdered. She sees to it that anyone in their group will not have their loved one's birthdays and angel days go unnoticed. The unfortunate truth is, many people want loved ones of murdered victims to move on and not continue to treasure those dates, their precious memories of birthdays past, and they may go by without any mention. Faye will not allow that to happen to those that are part of their group 
legacy lives on. She is determined to never let anyone feel as though they are going through this nightmare alone. That every loved one is remembered. Way to go, Faye. Way to go. She affects hundreds and probably thousands of lives each year doing the hard work she does, putting in many hours to stay on top of her lists and not forgetting new members, trying hard to see to it that no one stands alone. One other thing, do you have any advice you could give to families who are suffering the loss of someone who was murdered that may be going through the early days? What, what, what would you suggest they do, or is there anything particular? Okay, I would say to a family, you know, you can't tell them to come and get help because you don't know what stage they're in. But I would say reach out to someone. We, I have a group. I'm in a group, Legacy Live On, and it's on Facebook. And if ever you're feeling down and you're out, you're quite welcome to come to Legacy. And we're there to support you, listen at you, and help you. And that just try to get some help if you need help from someone. Faye is Kenny's beloved grandmother. She misses her grandson every day but has worked very hard to get to where she is. It hasn't always been easy. Actually, it has been downright hard. She has found a group that works for her, that has embraced and encouraged her, allowed her to channel some of her overwhelming grief into a place that helps others, helps her. She is doing good in the world, remembering those that have been killed making certain that families know that their loved ones are not forgotten, that they are important. Faye is providing a service to those that are part of a group that no one wished to be part of but were thrust into, thrust there because someone else made a choice on their behalf, the choice to murder someone they love, adding them to the list of people that have to grieve every day because of a senseless tragedy. Faye contributes something to this group of people that have had a loved one murdered. She remembers. This is one of the greatest gifts you can give to loved ones experiencing such sadness and loss. Faye is a special person. It is easy to see that Kenny was special too, learning at her feet. What Faye wants more than anything is for someone to come forward and give information that could be used to help forward this case, to help find the person that killed her young grandson, who was minding his own business, watching some basketball with friends. Please, if you know something, help this grandmother have some peace, knowing that the person who killed Kenny will be off the street, not out there free to possibly kill again, adding someone else to her list of people that need to be remembered. I think I have summed it up that, you know, we love and we miss Kenny and we'll never forget him, you know, and uh, I'll always be there for his daughter, Callie, and, you know, and uh, each and every one of the family member and just everyone keep me in prayer and keep me lifted up 
and my family lifted up. And I want to thank you so much for thinking of me and caring enough about me and my grandson, Kenny, to do this for us. I really appreciate it. And God bless you. Well, thank you. And your family. Thank you. And I, I really do appreciate that. And I will be thinking of Kenny as well. Uh, and thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And I appreciate it. You don't believe it. My heart is so happy today. Oh. Very happy. Oh, I'm so happy that, that, that you feel that way. And I'm glad that uh, we were able to meet over the phone. That's wonderful. And tell Kenny's story. And God bless you. And not one stands alone. Thank you so much. You take care. Okay, be safe. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank everyone for being here this week. I have been getting such amazing feedback from the families that tell their stories here. This is all thanks to you, our listeners. I greatly appreciate your support and dedication to Mourning the Murdered. While producing the podcast, I need many tools to be able to bring you quality content each week. I now have an affiliate link with Amazon. And by simply clicking on the link before you make your Amazon purchases, you are helping to support my podcast. Once you click on the link, you will be redirected to your Amazon page, ordering as you normally would. There are no extra costs and no fees. Just go to my website, morningthemurderedpodcast.com, and click on the affiliate link. You can also, as always, support the podcast by sending a one-time PayPal contribution, or through Patreon, you can donate as little as $1 a month. All of the links can be found on morningthemurderedpodcast.com. So your help is only one click away. I'm not quite sure how people move on after a tragedy. There are support groups online and face-to-face, and there are books and family and friends to lean on. But in reality, when someone loses a loved one to murder, they lose a piece of themselves that can never be returned. Memories are all that are left. So talk about your loved one. And let the world know how important they will be to you forever. These memories become valuable treasures. No one will ever understand your pain. But surround yourself with those that can understand how important it is for you to share your story. I will now light a candle for the victim and their loved ones, ensuring their memory lives on and burns brightly. You are remembered. I want to take a moment and extend my most sincere and humble gratitude to each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, or if you would like your voice to be heard on Mourning the Murdered and tell the story of your loved one, email me at morningthemurdered at gmail.com. That's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G-T-H-E M-U-R-D-E-R-E-D at gmail.com Thank you to Dennis for editing this podcast. You are absolutely indispensable. Thank you so much. A huge shout out to Patrick for creating the original music that you hear. And the artwork for this podcast 
was created by Talia with support from Matt and Mick. Thanks so much, guys.